Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said they're going Parth Upadhyay is the Memphis Tigers basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. I believe he's still in Tulsa as we speak right now. Um, kind of like the team, except they got back a couple of hours ago. Parth, what's the word, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm actually um, headed back to Memphis, so hopefully um, we'll be there no later than 11 is, is the plan. Yeah. Uh, I stayed back and decided to sleep in, man. They were supposed to have a media availability at 1.30. So I got back to my hotel at like you know, 12.15, 12.30. Uh, tried to get some sleep to get up at, I don't know, like 5.36, hit the road by 7, just to make sure I made it back in time. But, I mean, obviously, as you've read and, you know, as has been right. reported, you know, on social media and elsewhere, the, the team got stuck also, you know, in Tulsa another night after some uh, some technical difficulties, I guess, with the plane or, or something of that nature, where they were stuck on that plane for, you know, three and a half hours after boarding and had to, you know, get right off and spend one more night um you know, there in Tulsa. So rough night for the Tigers in, in many ways. Well, that uh, that complicates uh, what it's going to look like coming up against SMU, right? Just like one full day to sort of get your game plan in. That that might complicate. I mean, that's a top 50 net team too as well. Um, so that's going to be a, a, a – could be interesting to say the least. The fact oh, that there's no, no doubt, Caleb man. Mills and they, they have not had a whole bunch of time to get on the court and uh, uh, sort of go through game plan. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm guessing, like, you know, by the time they, they landed this afternoon, it was, you know, probably no more than 48 hours, if not less than that, right, until the um, SMU tip-off at 4 p.m. Sunday. So definitely tight turnaround after a rough game, you know, both physically, uh, mentally, and emotionally. Right. Now uh, let's start with Caleb Mills. Um, that was that was rough to watch. Um, and I, I heard um, from Penny Hardaway on the post-game show, it's looking like patellar tendon. This may be the the last we see of Caleb Mills in, a, in college, certainly in a Tiger uniform. But uh, how do you think they go about sort of replacing his production? This is a guy he is um, basically the third leading scorer, probably their best perimeter defender. I, I would imagine Jaden Hardaway, Jalen Young, maybe a little Ashton Hardaway. You have to have Hall ends on deck to to try to replace that bench production. No, absolutely. I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's going to be a by-committee effort. Now, obviously, I'll start by saying that, you know, last night and even, you know, up till this afternoon, you know, because they, they weren't in Memphis. So Caleb Mills had not gotten looked at again by anybody 
you know, uh, back in town there in Memphis. So there was no official diagnosis. But obviously, you know, you saw it. I saw it. Um, Penny spoke about it. It did not look good. Um, and Penny didn't shy away from the fact that it could be, you know, um, likely a season-ending injury, you know, there for Caleb Mills and, you know, by default a career-ending one, you know, with him being in his fifth year there. But, you know, in terms of replacing his production, man, um, it, it's going to be tough, right? Like the stats don't necessarily jump off the page. I think he averages, what, eight points a game, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few rebounds there. But, man, like his ability to, to guard on ball, you know, um, is, you know, excellent. I think he might be their, their best uh, their best on-ball defender. So, you know, guys like Jalen Young um, will need to step up. Jaden Hardaway as well, who's been better this year defensively. Um, but I do think, you know, obviously it's, it's by committee, but it does start with Jalen Young. Um, not only for the defensive purposes, but for the fact that, look, without Mills, they've got, what, David Jones and Javon Quinterly as, as you know, the, the two ball handlers in the starting five. But, you know, off the bench, it, it's, it's Jalen Young, and that's it. So you got three guys that can really orchestrate things, um, handle the ball, um, get guys in place. Um, so, yeah, they will need Young to play much more than, um, I'm guessing, much more than his 13 minutes per game now. Yeah, but – in the gym last night, did you sense any kind of uh, sort of emotional lows um, from that injury? Uh, it seemed like the Tigers sort of uh, struggled in that second half and struggled right when he got off the floor. Uh, yeah, Javon Quinterly putting his hands right uh, or his, his face right in, into his hands. Seemed like everybody Man, was sort yeah. of shaken up by by Caleb Mills going down. Yeah, it's tough to kind of measure that, right? Just because, you know, after he went down, there was like, I think, two and a half minutes or maybe two minutes and 15 seconds left in the half. And they, you know, they went on a seven to two run and they, they were up by 14 at the break. So, you know, party is like, okay, you know, they're using it as motivation. You know, it's right. devastating. It's horrific. Um, sad to see, certainly, but they're, they're rallying behind Caleb and they're going to, you know, try to pound this Tulsa team um, in honor of him. But then you see them come out, you know, in the second half and, um, not only did they not play well, but, you know, you look at guys' body language, you look at guys' facial expressions, and they just did not seem engaged at all. Um, and I asked Penny about it afterward, and he said, you know, Caleb was back out there in the second half, and obviously it's not his fault, but, you know, he was, you know, he was back there kind of, as Penny put it, crying his eyes out. And that's, you know, that's pretty much a direct quote from, from right. Penny there. And, uh, you know, guys were heartbroken. You know, guys were trying to obviously um, – you know, be there for him and console him while also trying to, you know, uh, play and win a basketball game. So um, it, it was tough going, and, and, you know, we saw that play out in the court, certainly. Yeah, and it was it was definitely a, a – it's going to be a massive loss going forward. So it's something they're just going to have to uh, go back to the drawing board with and, and figure out who's going to replace that production. Now, what went wrong last night outside of, uh, outside of the Caleb Mills injury? Um, because that game was very, very close – there was seven points and 17 seconds to get uh, Tulsa back into that game. Of course, J- Javon Quinterly came through. He came through in the end, no question about it, after a, a pretty rough second half. But what went wrong, in your opinion? Um, I did say on the artist formerly known as Twitter last night that it's always better. This is the best analysis I have. Um, it's always better to get back to the drawing board in a, uh, after a win than a loss. Um, but they're going to have to get back to the drawing board because a lot of things in that second half sort of spiraled out of control on them. For sure. And, you know, like, although they've, they've won these games, right, Austin P, uh, Vanderbilt, now Tulsa, they've, they've almost felt, and I know this is a stretch and people are going to get on my ass about this, but they've also felt like, like losses a little bit because you're, right. you're beating teams that are in the 200s, you know, if not the high 100s in, in Ken Palm and in the net. 
um, you know, teams that if you're a national title contender, which Memphis has looked like at times this season, um, you want to pound those teams. You want to, you know, um, kind of steamroll through them, so to speak. So that was a bit discouraging again for the third straight game now. Um, but, you know, as, as Penny put it, to kind of diagnose the problem, he said that not only was there an emotional and uh, I guess mental psychological letdown with Caleb Mills going down, but, you know, guys came out in the second half thinking the game was over, you know, yep. thinking that they're up 14, they can coast, um, you know, not too much of a, a crazy home court advantage there, you know, in that uh, Reynolds center. So, you know, guys just thought they could take their foot off the gas and, you know, boy, were they wrong, man. Like, um, the turnovers added up, certainly. 21 turnovers, that's a season high. You know, Tulsa scored, I think, 20-plus points off of those. Um, and then really, I guess, you know, number one among, you know, all the problems was the perimeter defense. Yep. Uh, Tulsa hit nine threes in the second half, and Memphis hit one, uh, that one obviously being the most key, the one that, you know, Javon finally hit with four seconds to go to win the game. But, you know, that's like, a, I think that's a 24-point, <laughs> three-point scoring differential. That's huge. So mm-hmm. um, several factors, but certainly uh, perimeter defense and turnovers being um, at the top of that list. Now, I'll say the Tigers are not the only team that struggles with this, but the 2-3 zone got after them. I mean, that in the second half, every time they tried to throw it down and, and – um, in, you know, enter the ball into the 2-3 zone and get around the rim, they were fine. They were having success, but they settled for a lot of threes. And I think it really comes back to something that Penny's talked about all year, right, with moving the ball and sharing the ball a little bit better. It didn't seem like yep. they did that at a high level. Now, again, I, like this is when it comes to zones, like Kenny Payne in the preseason for Louisville talked about um, getting – or not even in the preseason, against Indiana earlier this year. He talked about uh, – or this season – he talked about how the, the zone that, that Woodson ran at him uh, definitely bothered them. We had uh, John Calipari before the year when they were playing their exhibition games telling other teams, not to, or Kentucky State, not to run a zone. So this is not um, is just insane. the Tigers. But they, they, they need to seemingly, when they get back into a, a meeting room, find a way to beat a zone. And, uh, it, it, you know, usually you shoot over top of it, but – when you're 0 for 10 in the second half when they're running that zone, you need to you need to find better ways to get to the rim and draw up some things, get into some different sets, and it feels like the Tigers don't really have that at this particular moment. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, like you just said, the best way to beat a zone is what? To move the ball, right? To share the basketball, hit shots from the outside, and, you know, neither of those things happened in the second half. I think they had – Tigers had like five assists total right. in the last 20 minutes there, which is atrocious. Um And it definitely seemed like even when they were trying to move the ball in the second half, like you said, uh, it seemed forced, right? Like they were trying to force the ball down low to to Tomlin or to to Malcolm or or whoever, um, and it would lead to turnovers. Whereas in the, you know, in the first half, it just, uh, that offense looked like a well-oiled machine. It looked cohesive. You know, you saw glimpses of the team that, you know, looked like a world beater just weeks ago when it ran through Texas A&M, Clemson, Virginia. Um, and, And that kind of all vanished there in the second half. So, uh, variety of reasons why but um they got to figure out how it's going to get back to looking um pretty again back to looking cohesive again on offense yeah they they've been out assisted in five straight games including the last three when they've looked really rough against Vanderbilt Austin P and then Tulsa uh this is something that yep. is really it's it's been it's been around for a while and 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 how much has like to you um via his radio show and in the post game pressure how much has he sort of talked about that them sharing the ball and their their lack of ability to assist each other. 
dude, that might be the number one thing he's talked about, right. uh, at least in recent weeks. Um, and even, look, even going back to the, the VCU game where they had to, you know, win an overtime and VCU almost won a regulation, he talked about kind of guys were getting um, a little bit selfish is what I think he alluded to, um, playing one-on-one basketball, um, not spreading the wealth. But then you kind of saw that that take a turn for the for the better, right? When they beat Texas A&M, when they, um, you know, beat Clemson, beat Virginia, guys seemed to be willing to make that extra pass. But um, in recent weeks, it seemed to kind of, I guess, regress, you know, revert back to what it was when the team was struggling. Um, and then you hear Penny talking about it again, talking about, you know, guys starting to play for themselves um, and not the team is, is what he said after the Austin P game uh, last week. So that's a little bit concerning. Um, and now you're losing a guy, you know, going back to Caleb Mills, a yep. guy who, um, by all accounts, by Penny's account, by teammates, um, has been one of the most selfless guys on this team, even though, you know, talent-wise, he's a guy that should be, you know, a starter, should be somebody in the top, you know, whatever, two, three of of uh, this team's rotation. But, you know, Caleb was the guy that volunteered to come off the bench when things were getting rocky. So that just shows you who he is, and I think um, other guys will have to kind of embody that. Yeah. And then their top two on that roster last night, uh, David Jones and Javon Quinterly, the guys who have ran the show just about all year. Um, I look at 21 turnovers. I see 11 from them. I mean, does that scream anything but hero ball to you? I mean, that's that's sort of what it screams to me um, when I see that type of statistic. No, certainly. Um, and look, David Jones at seven of those, you know, as fantastic as David has been, you know, he leads the team in turnovers and um, oftentimes his style of play um, is like a double-edged sword, right? Like you get the games like the Arkansas game where he drops 36. You get the Texas A&M. Uh- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Um, you know, scoring bonanza he had there. Right. But, you know, you also get a little bit of a reckless style of play where he's sometimes forcing shots, sometimes, you know, trying to do too much and, and losing the basketball. You know, there were a few times, and I'm sure you saw it on the broadcast, where, you know, David Jones in the second half would um, would jack up a shot, um, ill-advised shot, and Javon Quinterly would look like, you know, bro, what are you doing, you know? Yep. And I think um, that's kind of been, if there is a knock on David Jones, that, that's been it, is trying to kind of sometimes force the issue where when things get tight. Um, and that's what's, you know, led to the miscues, the turnovers. So that'll have to get tightened up. And, you know, Javon Quinterly obviously is not, you know, not without blame either. You know, he had a crucial turnover um, late there and, and had, I think, four or five for the game. So uh, those guys being the leaders, they've got to kind of um, bring the reins in and tighten things up. 
Now, overarchingly, like I just sort of want to like when we look at that game and really the last three games, how concerned are you about this team maybe slipping up here in the in the next couple of weeks in conference play? Yeah, I don't think um, the concern meter should be you know super super high yet, right? Because they you know they added Naquan Tomlinson, so that's a factor, right? And if you look at you know if you really want to kind of look on the optimistic side, you can. You can tell yourself, look, the the two games that bookended the the holiday the holiday week, the Christmas break, right? Those are games that players struggle to get up for every year, yep. no matter what team, no matter where you are in the country. You know, guys are looking to go home, see their families. Uh, when they come back, they haven't really been in that mode, that practice mode, so to speak. A little so, bit slow when know, they come back. Oh, for sure. And After that holiday weight game that, that we all deal with, <laughs> yeah, I get you, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No doubt about it. So you can kind of isolate those, but. You know, last night you were hoping, you know, I'm sure Tiger fans are hoping to see a team that, you know, learned from that and, and, you know, kind of put their foot on the gas, especially after Penny called them out, man. Like, that's the first time he's – not the first time he's done it, obviously, but the first time he's done it to that magnitude this season where he straight up said, hey, guys are getting selfish, guys are not sharing the basketball, and, you know, they think we're better than we are. Um, So you wanted a better response, and you kind of got it, but then the, you know, the Mills injury happens, and um, you can't – you know, you can't solely put, you know, the blame or the reasoning on that, but um, it was certainly a factor. And, um, you know, it does, it does give you a little bit of pause, right? With SMU being better than, you know, what many expected it to with FAU, despite those two ugly losses, you know, to Bryant and Florida Gulf Coast still being, you know, a threat and still being a team that, you know, a lot of experts, a lot of national media has as a what, top three, top four seed. Right. Um, but I think Memphis is going to have to, you know, get this thing going and get it going quickly. Because anything more than I mean, you, and you tell me what you think, but anything more than four losses in league play, and you're you're looking at um, a situation where you're not quite getting back to that eight nine spot, but certainly you know getting closer to it than getting closer to what you want to be, which is a two or a three seed. A hundred percent. I do think there is something to be said. I think they're now seven and one in games decided by six points or less. So they they have thrived in the moment when they when they've been asked to. But you don't want to see that many sure. close shaves against teams like Tulsa that are just inferior competition that you feel like you should absolutely roll over. Now, uh, uh, Naquan Tomlin, I I. I I don't know if I've seen him play a bad minute in Tiger uniform yet. This guy, this guy is different. And we're talking about three games into his career in Memphis, three games of of sort of experience within a Penny Hardaway system. I I, I knew that the transition because of his style of play. He runs the floor. He shoots a three ball. He plays really hard on the defensive side of the ball. I knew it would be seamless. Did you think it would be this seamless? Three games in, the amount of production he's putting out. Yeah, I did not, man. And that first half. Um, was nothing short of special. I think he played less than 10 minutes and had eight points and five boards, a couple assists as well yep. um, in the first. And a know, steal and a block. There the I mean, half. the, the, the okay. activity is yeah. insane. No. no, no doubt about it. Um, the activity is insane. The ability to um, recover, right, when he's out there on the perimeter and, and just the ability to get back and still be there guarding the rim is special. Um, and then the offensive end, man, to see a 6'10", 6'11", guy, you know, grab a defensive rebound, um, not only push the break, but, you know, lead it and, you know, finish as well. Coast to coast is um, is certainly exciting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now talking with Parth Hupadyai, um, he is the Memphis basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. Now we usually don't give uh, teams or players on other teams a whole lot of credit 
But I got to say, how impressed were you with P.J. Haggerty? Because I was very impressed with, with what he did last night. Man, he is he's cold. <laughs> that guy is <laughs> he's, cold. He's a ball player. He is, he's a bucket, man. And to score 27 with only hitting two threes, um, you know, that's even, even more special, certainly. Uh, I didn't realize he was that quick. Yep. This is ability to, to, to blow by guys. And Memphis has some, you know, athletes, obviously, as we know. You know, they've got guys who are, you know, um, quick and can, can guard on ball and that sort of thing. But P.J. Haggerty made them look silly at times straight up. So um, that was something. And obviously, you know, definitely in the early going in the first half, uh, he was the reason Tulsa was in the game. And he was the reason that Memphis didn't pull away by more than 14 by halftime. I think – um, Haggerty had, I think, 17 or 18 of uh, Tulsa's points in the first half, which is um, insane. I think that's about half their scoring total right. in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and you're thankful that he that he was terrible from the free throw line last night. He was 5 for 11. That would have shifted the game, and he's usually a pretty good free throw shooter from what I understand. Yeah, I think you know, he's not the greatest uh, three-point shooter. Right. But, you know, I think he's a, he's a decent free throw shooter and um, definitely left uh, – handful of points on the board there <laughs> yeah and then like the the really he was sort of the guy who led the charge in the the seven points in 17 seconds with getting that offensive foul on Javon Quinterly what'd you think about that foul call by the way I know there's a lot of debate about it, if it was soft or not and if Javon Quinterly ultimately pushed off and if PJ Haggerty flopped but at the same time to be able to have the wherewithal to make that type of play that was impressive as hell to me too no it was and look if you want to we can debate all day about, you know, how soft the call was, whether it was controversial, whether it was not. But, you know, if you're Javon Quinterly, you know, you're a, you're a guy who's in his, you know, sixth year of college basketball. you got to know better. You know, in that right. moment, you can't even leave that up to the referee to decide if it's a foul or not or decide, you know, whether he wants to blow his whistle or not. Um, and I think Javon, you know, he spoke to us after the game, spoke to the media and kind of owned that. Um, and obviously that was a, a big motivating factor for him. Uh, wanting to redeem himself with that game-winning three that came, um, you know, just seconds after. Uh, but, yeah, this team, man, it's got too much experience. It's got too much talent to um, kind of be unraveling the way it has in, in, in key stretches in these games. Yeah. Now, Parth, do your best to holler at me about J.J. Taylor. He's been out for the last three games, hadn't been with the team for the last three games ever since man. him and Jonathan Pierre were, were out for, uh, you know, violating team rules, whatever it was sort of termed as. It, what, what, what can you tell me, what can you tell my listeners about J.J. Taylor and his status? Yes, obviously he was suspended, like you said, uh, during the Vanderbilt game. And, you know, while Jonathan Pierre returned, you know, after the holiday break for the Austin P game, J.J. did not. Um, you know, folks expected, folks in the program, I mean, expected him to, to be back um, even with missing missing that Austin P game, they certainly expected him to be, you know, on the team flight to Tulsa and, and to be on the bench there. Um, you know, obviously he was not. And uh, Penny um, has pretty much given us a no comment a couple times here on that. So hopefully we find out more soon. But uh, man, that's that's two players now, right? <laughs> yep. have just kind of vanished. Um, you know, whether they've been sick or quote unquote sick or whatever. Um, it is interesting to say the least. Does it feel like it's an uncomfortable situation when you like when you talk to Penny? He's giving you a lot of no comments. Does it feel? <laughs> it feels like it's relatively uncomfortable for him to talk about. No, for sure. And I think um, it definitely got awkward when he kept you know kept saying Jordan Brown was sick, right? Um, and you know when I asked him about this is what kind of jumps out to me when I asked him about it again 
uh, this is back in the Texas A&M game, you know, in early December. Um, I, I kind of let out a laugh, um, but he kind of laughed as well. So it's like kind of a, a wink, wink thing. He didn't want to say, um, say anything more than that, but um, felt like he had to say something. So definitely he's in a tough spot there um, with the guys um, choosing to be away from the team for whatever reason. Yep. Now, final thing for you, they were talking with Parthu Padyai, Memphis uh, basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. Um, that Michigan win doesn't mean much anymore, does it? They drop one in Minnesota, who was terrible last year. They've been better this year. Um, but they are 6-8 and eight now. And I, just watching that in-game situation, I, I wonder how how much longer uh, Juwan Howard has to, to coach that Michigan team. Yeah, I mean, from I guess from what I understand from kind of the, the national narrative, he was already on the hot seat, right? right. Like coming into the season, um, things were looking up, you know, when obviously he wasn't, you know, uh, active head coach during this time but they started off pretty hot you know they they hammered st john's and um got off to i think a three or four three or four and oh start there but man some of these games they've dropped uh you know list goes on and on right indiana mcneese state minnesota last night um the shine is is definitely you know worn off um of that win for memphis that's not memphis's fault but um it's just unfortunate for the tigers that um it's happened not only with the Michigan game, but, you know, Arkansas has kind of slipped right. back, right? Um, Virginia, the latest example, um, gets, you know, ran out of the gym by Notre Dame by 20-plus. By so, you know, you're certainly hoping that those teams can turn it around, but you're also hoping if you're the Tigers that, you know, Clemson and Texas A&M continue to look, uh, Clemson for sure, like conference title contenders in their leagues. Yeah, and then watching Doug McDaniel, though, to back to that in-game situation. I don't know if you got to see the final play. I'm sure you have. But Doug not. McDaniel, well, okay, 5'11". <laughs> he was 3 for 11 from the field last night, and he he's driving headlong into the teeth of the Minnesota defense to try to go tie the game up. That is just that it does not lend me to believe that they had a great plan <laughs> with how they were going to go tie that game up or ultimately win it, which is definitely a frustrating reality for Michigan fans, I have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I've got to go back and watch that. But if that's how things unfold, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. almost freelancing. You know, the, the most crucial possession of the game, that's that's not a good sign. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, uh, safe travels to you. Make it back home safe, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. That is Parth Upadhyay at P-Upadhyay underscore on X. He is a Memphis Tigers basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. Now we need to go ahead and hop into the Blitz coming up next. Um, we have some uh, more drama out of Golden State as two of their young players want the hell out. And uh, we did have Wimby versus Giannis round one last night. Giannis came out on top, but uh, Wimby definitely showed his worth, to say the least. We'll talk about that when we return on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.